You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. Dov is a man with a finger on the pulse of the evolving world of next-gen leadership. He is a best-selling author of several books. His latest book is Fiercely Loyal, How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent. He is the host of the national TV show Pursuing Deep Greatness with Dov Barron on Roku TV and the host of the number one podcast for Fortune 500 listeners globally. Dov Barron's leadership, the name of the show is Dov Barron's Leadership and Loyalty Show on iTunes and is carried on FM and AM radio stations across the United States. Some of the highlights of this episode for me were when we were talking about millennial leadership. We also ventured in the idea behind being more vulnerable and what that means to your overall psyche and the people around you, uh, and also something near and dear to my heart, which is purpose. The conversation that we've had was real rawls motivating i hope that you're able to be as inspired and motivated as i was after listening to this and and, and entertaining this conversation dav is a true showman he is a servant for others you can see that by how raw he is and how genuinely how genuine he is in wanting to help others and you could watch his videos, subscribe to his podcast, listen to this full episode, and you can just get a good understanding of what his purpose is and what he wants to do and what he has already done throughout his life. His perspective on life, I hope, is game-changing for you as it was for me. Check it out. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to Penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's Penji.co. P-E-N-J-I dot C-O and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Dov, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored to, to serve you and your audience. Yeah, we're excited to have you. This is uh, really exciting for me because I want to give you a quick personal story before we get into all the heavy-hitting stuff. So I'd say about six to nine months, maybe even a year or so ago, every day is a blur nowadays, but I kind of, I, I've kind of made a point to myself and committed myself to learning more about leadership and learning more about management and learning more about purpose and all these other fun stuff. And I was in the gym and listening to a, uh, searching for podcasts about mindset and leadership and the first one that popped up was yours. And oh, that's cool. from that moment, I kind of committed myself to educating myself more and hearing the stories about people like yourself and, and just learning from people like yourself. So I want to first of all, 
start by saying thank you for creating some incredible content. Uh, really, really, you're really helping a lot of people. Well, thank you. That's very kind and very generous of you. Uh, like you said, it is what I do. And we've had our podcast for 11 years. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah, absolutely. And so before we get into all that other fun stuff, because we're going to be talking about a lot, I want to lay yeah. the foundation as to why you are a qualified expert to talk about the, the idea behind purpose. Um, why am I? Uh, because I, for the simple reason that A, I've been doing it for 30 odd years. And, uh, and the other reason is because I was, prior to 1990, if you'd have asked me, was I on purpose? My answer would have been yes. Uh, highly qualified, highly, uh, you know, all, all the background to say, yes, I was on purpose. And it wasn't until 1990 that I found out, yeah, not so much. Mm. I actually wasn't on purpose in the way that I thought. And that's one of the things I find from people most of the time is that if you ask them, are you on purpose? They'll probably say yes, but they actually don't know what purpose really is. Can you talk a little bit more about that, that, that moment where you're just like, I don't know what your yeah. mindset was like. And if you want to get dark, please do. <laughs> Come to the dark side. Exactly. <laughs> so the, um, Prior to 1990, um, I started speaking in 84. In 1990, I was about as successful as I could be at that time, uh, traveling all over the world speaking, and I was an adrenaline junkie. And uh, in 1990, in June, I went free climbing, which for those of you who don't know, is climbing without ropes. Um, the only difference was I was climbing without ropes and soaking wet because I'd just been behind a waterfall. And I fell about 120 feet. If you're not sure what that is, that's about 12 stories. Um, landed on boulders, got smashed to pieces. And in the process of that, um, of course, was taken out. Um, actually died several times in that process. However, um, when people would ask me, so, you know, you're talking about mindset here. When people would ask me, how are you doing? I would always go, I'm great. I'm great. I'm coming back. See, I was born in a ghetto. Um, I had been a leadership guy. I was been a martial artist. I'd been a boxer. There was nothing going to knock me down and keep me down. But that was all bullshit. My mindset was bullshit, and I didn't even know it was bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I, when I said, I'm great, I'm coming back, it was a determination. It was a will, and it's the will of the mind. And, and by the way, when you're looking at mindset, will of the mind will only carry you so far. It's all right when you're... 18, 20, maybe even in your mid-20s. But after that, it, it doesn't work. You become exhausted very fast. So I fell into a very, very dark depression. And at one particular point, uh, something happened, and I found myself on the floor in a fetal position, weeping, and realized there was no back. Um, that there was, I could stay where I was, which was very seductive, the idea of being a victim of circumstance which gave me a way out or I could move forward because there was no back. Mm -hmm. And so I chose forward, but I realized in that moment that forward meant I had to operate from my purpose. And as I said, I thought I was on purpose. So I really began to do that work of looking at, well, what is the real purpose? So when Simon Sinek says, start with why that's a great place to start. It's not the place to finish. It's the place to start. And finding your purpose is actually getting in touch with the things about you that you've actually probably never looked at. 
And, you know, I was going to save this question for the end, but I think it's so <laughs> important to, for people who, since we're talking about purpose already, and, and I think purpose is incredibly powerful. I'd like to say that I didn't find my purpose until like a couple months ago. And we're just kind of like an aha moment. It hit me like that. But there are a lot of people who have no idea what their purpose is. Could you give any type of advice to people or maybe words of wisdom or encouragement to kind of get them through that, that stage in their life? Listen, if you are stuck in any way, shape or form, you're off purpose, right? Um, and when I say you're off purpose, it doesn't mean you don't know your purpose. It means you're off purpose. So you may be traveling from, um, I don't know, uh, Seattle to, to LA. That is a Southern journey. You know that that's a Southern journey. And you know you're going to LA from Seattle, but if you're in Boise, Idaho, you're off purpose. It doesn't mean you're not going to go to Idaho. It doesn't mean you don't. It doesn't mean you don't, you're not going to go to LA. It doesn't mean you don't know where LA is. It means you're off purpose. That's it. So what I'm trying to say to you is is first and foremost, most people, when they look at purpose, are looking in the wrong place. So people go, "Oh, this is. I'm very passionate about this. I've always been passionate about this. This is my purpose." No, it's not. That's your, your passion. Your passion and your purpose are different things. So here's the nugget. Get ready, get a pen out, write this down. Passion is the vehicle that transports your purpose. Your purpose and your passion are different things. Because the things you are passionate about in your teens, if you're a straight guy, I know what you are passionate about in your teens. And if that was your purpose, you'd be working at Victoria's Secret. Mm -hmm. or in a gynecological office, or a breast examination office. That's not your purpose. That's your passion. That's okay. It transforms, it evolves over time. That's passions does, does that. It changes into different things. But your purpose stays the same. It just deepens as you deepen. The more you do self-inquiry, the deeper you get into your self-knowledge, the more likely you are to find your purpose. Now, to give you the real goal here in how to find your purpose... If I said, don't look at your passion, it's a waste of time, fine. Nothing wrong with doing your passion, do it. But you won't find your purpose there. The place you'll find your purpose is in your pain. You've got to be willing to look into the place you don't want to look. Yeah. In the words of Joseph Campbell, the treasure you are looking for is hidden in the, in the cave you refuse to enter. <laughs> I love that. And I... I, I recently had this, uh, going back to an epiphany that, that I talked about earlier about finding my mm -hmm. purpose. I, I had the opportunity and luxury to uh, speak at, a, at an event called Ignite Philly. And I'll link the video in, this, uh, in the show notes for people to, to, to see it. And I labeled the idea, I, I labeled the, the speech, passion is bullshit. And I talk about the exact same thing that you just did. And so I was curious a lot of people hated that speech because they're like, oh, you know, passion is this and passion is my, the epicenter and the reason and whatever, whatever. I mean, it seems like you're on the same page that you, that you are separating the two. What, what was that? How are you able to even understand that, that ideology? Um, Cause it's not an ideology. It's psychology. Um, that's my background. So it's, it's the truth is that there's two primary forces moving human beings. 
not a million, two primary forces. One is pleasure, one is pain. And what we know is that pleasure moves us short-term and pain moves us long-term. Your purpose is hidden in your pain. Your passion is pleasure. Listen, let me give you an example so everybody understands. You talked about, you used the reference, and, and you may have used it in a completely different context, but it's there and it's part of the lexicon of language here uh, it, it today. And, and that is, I had an aha moment. Listen, if you've ever been to a seminar, read a book, listened to a podcast, there's a pretty good chance you've had a couple of ahas. There's a pretty good chance you've had a couple of thousand ahas. Who gives a shit? <laughs> it doesn't matter. How do I know? Because I'm going to challenge you right now to think about how many ahas you had at the last seminar you went to, or last workshop you went to, last book you read, last podcast you listened to, and then ask, answer this me, me this one question. How much action did you take? None. Most often, none. Very rarely is there any action because that's passion. It ignited you. That's fantastic. But it's not the same as purpose. Purpose is when you get to a place where you go no more and you will take a dramatic action. And that is always buried in pain. I will not tolerate this anymore. I refuse to be 100 pounds overweight anymore. I refuse to not be able to, to move in the way that I want to move anymore. I refuse to be broke. That's it. I'm done. I refuse to be in this shitty relationship. I refuse to put up with this crap that I keep putting up with. Then you're in pain, and your pain is going to move you on a much longer-term basis. Your commitment is going to be there. But with you igniting from passion, that, that fuel burns very fast. Yeah. And you go, oh, I've kind of lost my passion for it. And people use those language, that language all the time. I've kind of lost my passion for it. That's because the vehicle is out of fuel. But your purpose is there to be transported in a new vehicle. And, and I think that's really powerful. In that. And, and when you, you created a video not too long ago uh, about why we struggle. And you're kind of saying very similar things, but we put ourselves into this state as to why we struggle. I'd love for you to expand a little bit further, if you can remember the video, is as to why do you think that we struggle and how can we stop it from happening? Uh, we struggle for all kinds of reasons, and um, I don't know which video you're actually referring to, because as you probably know, I have over 500 videos yeah, yeah. that are out. <laughs> so if you give me the, the focal point, I'll tell you which one it was, and I can pick it up for sure. Well, it was just more so like the idea behind, uh, you, you talked about, um, I don't remember the exact context, the full story, but it was basically you, you, the story, the, the, it was called Why We Struggle. And, 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 and so you went into different examples and the pain that we put ourselves through as to why we get there in order to get ourselves out. Yeah. So the, I mean, there's all kinds of places I can go with this because this is a, a deeply psychological subject, but let's just start here. One of the main reasons we struggle is because we have uh, polarizing ideas inside of our head. And one is, I want to grow, I want to be better. You may be an entrepreneur right now going, I want to grow, I want to be better, I want to make more money, I want to succeed. But here's the thing that you also need to know, you have something called an ego. It's not my opinion. It's the truth. If you've got skin, you got an ego. Everybody did. You, me, and the Dalai Lama, and Richard Branson, and anybody else you can think of. So 
the thing about your ego is your ego's number one job is not to make you look fantastic. People misunderstand ego. That's not what it's about. Your ego is there to keep you safe. Let me repeat that. Your ego's job is to keep you safe. What does that mean? It means this. Things that are the same are safe. So if you're in a shitty financial situation and you keep being in a fi shitty financial situation, your ego goes, okay, we know how to deal with this. And it keeps repeating that cycle. You keep putting yourself into it over and over because the ego knows how to deal with that. If you're in a crappy relationship and you go, oh, man, you bitch and moan and complain, well, you go, oh, but at least unconsciously, you go, at least I know how to handle this. If I get rid of this person and I find the next one, ooh, that could be worse. If I come out of this business and start the other business, oh, that could be worse. If I leave this job and start my own business, I, it could be worse. So it keeps things the same. So the, one of the reasons we struggle is because these polarizing thought processes, which is I want to move forward, which is our nature, to evolve and grow, that is the nature of human beings, but the nature of the ego is to keep us safe. It's the reason you don't walk out in the street and go, hmm, I wonder what it'd be like to get hit by a bus. You don't wonder about that experience. I mean, there are a few people here, but they need on medication mostly. Um, <laughs> but you don't do that because you want to experience things with, and so there's always this risk evaluation. So one of the reasons we struggle is because we're trying to keep things the same and we're trying to move things forward. What we've got to choose is what's in alignment with our purpose, because now you have an, a risky valuation. So you go, I could do this, I could do that, I could stay the same. And then the only question is, is that evolving my soul? Is that pulling me to my purpose? No, staying the same is not. Just like when I was on the fetal position on the floor. I knew it was seductive to stay the same, but I, I couldn't do that. It wasn't evolving my soul. And, and I think what's really interesting about that in your stories is this idea about being incredibly vulnerable and just understanding the idea behind vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Could you, well, let me just get your opinion on this because I feel like a lot of business owners aren't willing to get vulnerable. And they take pictures of nice cars. And you know, if they're a man, they have uh, the supermodel girlfriends and whatever it is, BS marketing ploy that they use in order to try and capture somebody's attention. But there's so much, I think vulnerability is sexy. I would just like to hear your approach to, to, the, to being vulnerable and what it could do to lift your spirits. Yeah, um, so First and foremost, um, it is vitally important for us to realize that <clears throat> we've all grown up, particularly in the Western world, with this idea of not being vulnerable. And your, the failings of your relationships, whether that's romantic or business-wise, can be broken down into, into the lack of vulnerability. Reciprocity of vulnerability is what builds trust. So if you want to be a successful business, you have to have reciprocity of vulnerability. You have to be willing to listen to the vulnerability of your customer and client and what it is they need and what they're struggling with. And you have to also share the vulnerability of your own struggles. And they may not be in the context of business, they may be in a personal basis. But here's the thing, when you think about the people you love, 
they're the people you're most vulnerable with and who are the most vulnerable with you. It's that moment where you melt with another person and you go, oh, because they let you in. You know, I, I, um, I, another one of my videos I recently did was I, I started off by saying, um, I can't believe I'm telling you this. Mm. I've never told anybody this. <laughs> and I laugh because we've all done that. Right. When you're falling in love, that's what you can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but okay. Well, you know, and that moment is where the other person goes, Oh my God. Okay. You've really opened up that vulnerability. Now. So let's put this into the context of business <clears throat> in the context of business and people are using this oh God so badly because they're using it for marketing and it's not a marketing ploy. Does it market you? Absolutely. Is it a marketing ploy? Absolutely not. And if you do it, people will see through it. They'll yeah. see your bullshit very fast. So what's important for you to understand is that it does bond people to you, but don't use it as a manipulation. So in the context of business, number one thing is you have to understand that you don't know it all. And your ego will tell you you do, or your ego will tell you you can't look stupid by saying you don't. But here's the thing. The people, I've met some amazing people. I, you know, I do a lot of work with millennials and teaching uh, older leaders how to work with millennials because I love working millennials. And one of the things about them is they have bullshit meters that are a mile high, and I love that. I love that. They don't, so... You've got to be vulnerable with them. Now, and, and I'm meeting some people who are like, it's amazing. They're 21, 22, 25, 28, and they're like killing it. I mean, they're knocking it out of the park in amazing ways. And you know why? Because they're all saying, hey, I don't know. Can you help me out? And the ones who are, you know, going to the car dealership and standing in front of a Ferrari and getting a photograph taken with them are all full of shit. And everybody knows they're full of shit. And they will attract customers, by the way. But they'll attract customers who are also full of shit and want to be full of shit and look like, you know, I mean, it's just. But if you want to grow in your business, the number one thing for you to do is to be vulnerable enough to say, can you help me? And here's the other thing. Don't ask people to do what you won't do. So if you're offering a service, you better make sure you're willing to pay for that service. Yeah. Right? And this is one of the big mistakes people make. People go, you know, I started a coaching business and I go, how much did you spend on coaching last year? Well, not much. How much? <laughs> Nothing. Well, then you don't get right to be a coach. If you don't have a coach, do not coach. If you are not presently working with a coach, do not coach. You should have at least one coach, pro probably many, and you should have had coaches for years if you're a coach. As an example, I'm sure in your business, Jonathan, that you have mentors and you have coaches and you have people who are more experienced than you, who are more knowledgeable. You have areas of knowledge that you don't have and you go, Hey, I don't know. That's what makes you good. That's why you're growing. That's why your business is growing. And this is vital to understand that you have to have that vulnerability. Yeah. And you do have a, a decent amount of videos talking about millennials and you yep. mentioned that, you're meeting several people that are absolutely crushing it. And do you find more often than not that millennials are good, a generation of good leaders? And 
there are like if that's true then what are some character traits outside of just being that asking and curious that people could take within themselves right now to apply to their business if they're a millennial leader it's a great question um millennials are an amazing force and i'll tell you one of the reasons why because we have done leadership the way the roman empire did it for thousands of years and it's changed in one generation millennials and there's a couple of reasons for that generally unconsciously or consciously millennials don't trust big business because they watch their moms and dads in 2008 2009 2010 uh, places where they uh, mom and dad had worked for 10 15 years suddenly be out on the curb and they went oh shit you can't trust big business and let's remember that the oldest of millennials as we record this in 2019 are 39 years old they're not kids right so um they said oh we can't trust big business that's number one number two is Millennials and baby boomers are so similar that they don't even know it. You see, I am a young baby boomer, but baby boomers entered the workforce and we said, I'm not going to work for the men. I remember the hippies who were much older than me saying, you know, I'm never going to work for the men. The hippies are now the men. They're the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. They became the men. The difference is because they didn't trust the men. Millennials don't trust the men, as I just explained. But the difference is millennials have this um, ability that boomers didn't have. And that's why I call millennials baby boomers with balls. And that they say, I'm not going to work for the men because they don't have to. Because with about 50 bucks, I can start a business. I can buy a URL. I can buy a bit of traffic to it. I can go on WordPress or Wix or something and I build a website, put, it, uh, put, put a, a, a cash register on there. And off you go, I can start a business. I may not make a ton of money, but I can start and I can grow it. And I love that about them. So uh, millennials are entrepreneurial. Number th Next thing about uh, millennials for you to understand is research shows that high in the top five things for millennials is not money. It's there, but it's not at the top. Meaning is more important. Purpose-driven leadership. So millennials want to work for purpose-driven organizations and they need to be purpose-driven leaders. Now, let's be clear that all generalization is a lie because everybody's going to say, well, I'm not like that. That's fine. But I want you to know if you're a millennial and you're not purpose-driven and you're going to try and work with other millennials, you're going to bang into problems. And if your customers are going to be millennials, you're going to bang into problems. So you need to do your purpose work. You need to find out what is your purpose. So, the key things around that, curiosity, vulnerability. You've got to be curious about yourself. So learn a lot about emotional intelligence. Well, guess what? We think that's a tool for other people. No, it's not. It's a tool for you to use on you. Become masterful at relationships. In that video you were talking about why we struggle, one of the reasons we struggle is because we don't understand the cycles of relationship. In the beginning of a relationship, we fall in love. Well, it's all lovely and delicious. And then there's a second stage of relationship. And the second stage of relationship is called power struggle. It happens for everybody. The person you're madly in love with, you kind of gets on your nerves by the time you're about 18 months to two years into a relationship. Your, your coach is kind of pissing you off for 18 months to two years. Your mentor is kind of pissing you off for 18 months to two years. Your employee doesn't matter. That's the nature of relationship. Your, 
you as a leader have to be committed to becoming masterful at dealing with conflict, not as in unhealthy conflict, but healthy conflict, so you can move past the conflict, call over it, and strengthen that relationship. Any relationship that is, has confronted conflict does better and evolves both people. Yeah. And I think you have to have a certain mindset and willingness to actually want to be this type of person. And to those of you, I'll speak for myself in this situation. I don't think, well, number one, I'll admit that I'm not a great leader at all, but at the same time, I have a willingness to want to be better. At what point if it doesn't come natural to some people, what are some things, techniques that we could do to learn more about leadership? Because you've studied psychology, you've been in the leadership game for almost 40 years, maybe what, 39 years now? 35 and, years, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so like that, that doesn't come overnight and you've had to apply no. things fundamentally from the beginning. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about what those were. Yeah, so the, they're not a lot of the things that you would naturally think they are. So number one, the number one skill, and I, again, if you want to, if you go on my YouTube channel uh, and you put in uh, new leadership skills, you'll see there's a whole series of videos on that. Because if you want to lead, it's actually not about a lot of the things that you think it's about. Um, so the number one thing I would say to somebody who wants to be a better leader, self-knowledge. And people go, yeah, well, I know myself, you know, I'm a bit of a dick, but I know that about myself. So therefore, you know, I've got self-knowledge. No, you're not. You're stuck. So you know yourself in your limitations and you're holding on to your limitations. That's very different. What I'm talking about here, which is far more important, is self-knowledge that expands into self-development. The willingness, you know, and I'm a big fan of strengths-based leadership. Of course, you should lead from your strengths. But you should also know what are the weaknesses that you need to work on. And so the self-knowledge I'm talking about is where am I weakest? And the challenge is that, again, without the vulnerability, you can't do that. And so where do you start? You start with finding a mentor or a high-level coach. I don't particularly like that term, but a mentor or a high-level coach, uh, somebody who is, has the psychological knowledge and has the business knowledge that you need to say, okay, let's talk about this and let's find out where you are in the way. Here's the thing you need to know. If you want to be a great leader, you've got to remember this. No one is objective in their subjective reality. You cannot fully step away from yourself. And the more powerful you become as a leader, the more successful you become as a leader, the more sycophantic people will be. If you don't know what that word means, it means the more they will say yes, even when you're being a dick, <laughs> even when you're talking nonsense, right? They'll just agree with you because they're more threatened. Yeah. So your number one key is to get away from those people who will surround you and say, yes, you need to put yourself around people who don't think like you, who think beyond where you can think. That's the number one key in being a better leader. On top of that, as I talked about a few minutes ago, you have got to be purpose-driven. So you've got to get to know yourself in order to find your purpose. When you've found your purpose, then you've got to say, okay, how does this align with the business I'm doing so that I can solve what it is that I'm here to solve, that I can add the value I'm here to add. 
How do I do that? By becoming masterful at relationships. And most entrepreneurs are terrible at relationships. They're good at casual relationships because they've got the attention span of a goldfish, but they actually need yeah, to be, yeah. a, they need to commit to relationships. So you've got to become masterful at healthy conflict. You've got to become masterful at emotional intelligence about yourself and about others. And, and then comes the vulnerability in that, which you brought up. And part of that vulnerability, thank you, by the way, for, for just, for what you said, is in saying, hmm, I'm not very good at relationship, uh, at leadership. I need to be better. Yes. Thank you for sharing that, Jonathan. That was really important. It's important for your listeners to know that part of the reason you do this show is so you can learn. You share it, of course, but it's also because this is your platform. Yeah. Now, it, you know, of course, that you know, it's not enough, but it's great that you're doing that and that you own that and that mindset, not of saying I'm open, but of actually being open. Saying you're open and being open are vastly different things. Yeah. Vastly well, different things. Well, very true. Yeah. And, and, and absolutely, I think honesty and, and vulnerability are, are key elements to any type of good relationship. And you said that, and I would agree that a millennial's mindset is that of a goldfish at times. But in your book, you speak about a lot of the things that you talked about already, in addition to that bond. Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, the book is called Fearlessly Loyal and How High-Performing Companies Develop and Retain Top Talent. The link will be in the show notes. And it's also on the screen, too, if, you, if you're watching this. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy it on Amazon again. It will be linked in the show notes below. Uh, but with that said, creating a bond. And I'd like to hear some like examples that you've used uh, throughout your speaking and the book about the idea behind creating that bond because relationships are so incredibly important and I can go on and on and on about the relationships that I've built out of just unconventional ways in order to Absolutely. build those relationships. But for, from your perspective, give us some tips on how we can better build relationships. Again, thank you for asking. Um, and the key, as I said, at the center of it is vulnerability. Mm. Um, and even with so, a relationship like just be like going up to somebody and saying like this is what i'm this is what i'm about and this is what i'm not good at can you help me absolutely yeah absolutely um so you know let's just talk about that that place for a moment so building a bond with somebody and again i i touched on this a minute ago a few minutes ago but i just want to give you this example i want you to in your mind as you listen as you watch i want you to think about two people you know okay two people you've known for approximately the same amount of time uh, one is a real loyal trusted friend and the other one is merely an acquaintance what is the difference between the two You've known them both about the same amount of time. One's a dearly trusted friend. The other one's only acquaintance. What's the difference? The answer is reciprocal vulnerability. The person who is your trusted friend knows your shit and you know theirs. That's it. Because you trusted them with it. They don't use it against you and you don't use theirs against them. That's a trusted, loyal friend. The other person you don't trust enough to be that vulnerable with. And so they're an acquaintance. So what's the fastest way into that? is you have to lead. You want to be a leader? Let me just tell you the first rule of leadership. Lead. That's the first rule of leadership. It means you go first. 
right? So that, that means is if you want a, if you want a purpose-driven organization that is servant leadership, that, that is deeply caring, lead, lead from being a servant, lead from your purpose and lead from vulnerability. Start there. Start your next leadership meeting. I don't care if there's only three of you in the company and you're an entrepreneur. If you're starting there, start with this. Hey, let's start today's Monday morning meeting with this. Tell me something that was crap last week, how you dealt with it, or if you're still struggling with it. And everybody goes around. We're just going to take three minutes each, right? It's not a big whining session. Three minutes each, right? Now, we're going to do uh, three minutes, if you want it, not if you don't, but if you want it, of feedback, support. Doesn't have to be exact, it doesn't have to be advice, it could just be support. Listen, Jonathan, I believe in you, I know you can do this, I know you've got the strength, and I know that you've overcome things like this before. Sometimes that's all we need. <laughs> and then we go around with that, right? So now we started with vulnerability. Everybody's equal. It's not the CEO who's higher than everybody's equal. Then we go around and we say, okay, now tell me what was great last week that kind of took you by surprise. You didn't expect it. So not just bullshit stuff. In other words, like, let, let's dig a bit deeper, yeah. right? Now, what, now we third round, what is the biggest challenge you're facing this week and how can we support you? Wow, and suddenly there's a bond. Suddenly everybody in the office actually knows each other at a more personal level. We care about each other and we're building a deep bond with each other. And we start every Monday morning or we finish every Friday afternoon with that. It's one or the other and possibly both. Oftentimes it's both. We do that. We set it in place and suddenly people are coming to work because we are friends. Here's the thing. On that top list of what millennials want, they want to work with friends because Baby boomers and uh, Gen Xers were looking for work-life balance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't exist, and millennials work that out. So what millennials want is work-life blend, vastly different. Mm -hmm. So that, that means is I want my friends at work. I want to know that it's okay for me to wobble over there and have a chat with Charlie and say, hey, how's your day going? And the boss is not breathing down my neck because I'm happy to stay 15 minutes later anyway. It doesn't matter. I'm willing to do a bit of work at 11 at night because I got inspiration about this project we're working on. <laughs> I don't care because I'm working with my friends. Yeah, that is so awesome and, and so true. When you're speaking that, I literally recall back times and memories that all of that has happened. And so yeah. we really, really appreciate you giving us this, this honest, this, this motivational uh, and inspiring conversation. I have two more questions left and sure. they're very easy questions. <laughs> one is, is more so a curiosity question. Well, this one might be a little bit difficult. The second one I think is relatively easy. Um, and so you've again had 30, I think you said 35, right? 35 years mm -hmm. of, of leadership uh, practice and, and, and entrepreneur. You've, kind of only really had one job, I guess I could say. Um, I'm sure you've had other little jobs, but one real main job. Yeah. Yeah. You, while running a leadership company and you hiring other people that are also as passionate about you are about leadership, do you find it difficult to lead an organization filled with other leaders? 
That's a, actually a really good question. The truth of the matter is that to be a leader, you have to be driven, right? And, uh, and it's easy to think that the way that you're driven is the way, but here's the thing. It can be very difficult to lead leaders and you've got to get their ego out of the way. And the only way to get their ego out of the way is to get them aligned with purpose. So I, I don't care if you agree with me. Um, I, I have no problem with you disagreeing with me, but if you disagree with my purpose, we're gone. It's yeah, not working. That's true. So there's an alignment of purpose. So here's the thing, that purpose out there, that's our destination. And that destination will keep moving. It's always going to move in front of us. It's always going to be the compass that pulls us forward. And if you want to get there in a, in a completely different vehicle than me, I have no problem with that. If you, if you want to get there by a different motivation, I have no problem with that. But if you want to take me away from that, bye-bye. Yeah. So I want you to be an A-type. I want you to be driven. I want you to do all those things as long as we can do this. So this is one of the things about healthy conflict is we can, I'm good with us disagreeing on how to do it. I'm just not good on us disagreeing on what it is we're trying to do. So that's the thing that pulls leaders together. So we're working in a common cause. So in an organization where I'm working with uh, the executive team, you know, very often they're like, well, you know, it's different for us in this department. And they, you know, there's these bullshit silos. And I'm like, well, let's tear the silos down yeah. right away. And they're like, what do you mean? Well, you got to come in. You got to come in. Because if you, if you, if you create the silos, you create, you create conflict that is not healthy. You create an idea that uh, people are against each other. We have to unify people around a common purpose. And a purpose is not a mission statement with a lick of paint. It's not that shit you've got on the wall. This is our mission, integrity and innovation. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got that. Who gives a poop? That's got nothing to do with anything. What it, here's why we are on the planet. This is what we're doing and why we're doing it. And this is why it matters. Do you agree with that wholeheartedly? Is that a hill you're willing to die on? Yes. Okay, now we're aligned. Now you want to do it? You want to take this, this tack together? No problem. Yeah, yeah. If somebody were to see you for the first time and... Uh, and, and whether it's at a speaking engagement or whether it's uh, this is the first time that they, they've ever heard you, sure. what can people expect when it comes to hiring a professional like yourself? Or what would you classify your style is, uh, your speaking <laughs> style is? Um, it's, it's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> it's unassuming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's exactly what you've heard here. Yeah. Like, so, so this, who I am here is who I am with my wife. It's who I am with my friends. It's who I am on the stage. It's who I am when I'm working with a team. Um, this, you know, this is one of the great mistakes of old school leadership is that I go to work and I put on my work head. That's absolute nonsense. Mm -hmm. You are the same person. And if you're not, People will see through that. So, you know, if I got on stage and suddenly started uh, pretending that I don't have strong opinions about leadership, that I don't have strong, uh, and I have strong research about leadership and psychology, and I started going, well, you know, maybe it's a bit, 
then people would not trust that. They would go, this is incongruent. So my style is this. What you get is, is this. Do you want to find your purpose? Yes. Do you understand that it's important? Yes. Do you know why? Not really. Okay, that's cool. Do you, are you willing to climb over whatever you need to climb over to get your purpose so that you can build loyalty inside your organization and grow your business? Not 10x, but multiple 10xs. Yes. Okay. Then we're going to go ahead. But here's the thing. I'm going to say things you won't like. I'm going to challenge you to do things you're going to be uncomfortable with, but that's how you're going to grow. Because if you're in terrible shape and I take, ask you to walk around the block, it's going to be uncomfortable. But after a while, you'll be able to do it. And then I ask you to run around the block and it's going to be uncomfortable. And then you're going to be able to do it. And that's what it is. It is mental, emotional, and spiritual muscle growth. And that muscle growth has to be pushed in order to grow. That's what I do. I'm a bodybuilder by sport. And I understand that in order to gain strength and to gain muscle, I have to push to the failure point. I have to get past my own concept of failure. And as Dave Goggins said, when you think you're done, you've only used 40% of your physical energy. It's pretty much the same with your mental emotional. You can go far further than you think you can. Uh, thank you so much for all the wisdom today. You were absolutely amazing. And, and again, really, we really appreciate your time. Uh, the last little bit is going to be all you, just telling everybody about how people can find a little bit more about you, how they could find your purpose, and even potentially buy a book or hire you to speak at an event. Thank you, Jonathan. I sincerely appreciate you giving me that opportunity. Um, you can find out more about me at fullmontyleadership.com. Uh, you can even go fullmontyleadership.com forward slash gift. If you go there, uh, guess what? We'll give you access to a, a couple of my eBooks, one of which is on how to find your purpose. So it's a good place for you to go. Of course, you can find all my books. I think there's like 12 or 14 of them on Amazon. Um, you can find my YouTube channel, which is uh, Dove Baron Full Monty Leadership, just like my website, Full Monty Leadership. My podcast is on the, on the website too. Um, we're the number one podcast in the world for Fortune 500 listeners my YouTube channel, LinkedIn, reach out to me there if you're in business, of course, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all the usual, Instagram, all the usual places. But here, here's the thing I want to just say to you before I finish up, and that's this. I, I looked, you've, you're, you're approaching 300 episodes as we record this. You've taken a lot of time and a lot of energy to bring people like me and other leaders to your audience. And I, want, I think this is really vitally important. In case you don't know and you're listening to this, um, this gentleman is not getting paid to do this, and I'm not getting paid to do this. We're doing this as a service to you, the listener. And it's really important that you let Jonathan know that. So what I mean by that is I'm going to challenge you to write to him and let him know what you got out of this episode and what you're going to do with it. Furthermore, I'm giving you permission to write to me. My, my email address is dovdov at dovbaron. So dov at dovbaron.com. Write to me. Write to Jonathan. Tell us what you got out of this episode what you can do with what you're going to do with it. If I can serve you, if you were looking at hiring me to come in as a speaker, as a trainer for your organization, or to work with me at a high level as a one-on-one, -on -one, you can do that by writing to me too. But I want you to write to us both and tell us what you got out of this, what you can do with it. I also want you to go to iTunes, 
rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Because part of what keeps this show going is knowing that it's having impact. And if you're not rate, review, and subscribe, how the heck is this guy supposed to know? Because I'll tell you something, iTunes don't tell us. I know because I have a podcast. So make sure you let him know. I want to thank you for your time. Jonathan, I want to thank the audience for the time. I want to thank you for your engagement. I want to thank you for taking action. I look forward to serving you in any way I can as time moves forward. You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Dov Barron. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge. This week, I'd like you to do something for yourself. Go out and eat at a nice restaurant, order something greasy, that whatever it is that you've been craving, go out and get that food. Get out of the house, go for a walk, take a different route. You deserve it. You've been working so hard. Go ahead and treat yourself. And when you do, tweet me at J or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment on this week's episode. You can learn more about Dov by his book at fullmountyleadership.com or head over to Amazon and just search for Fearlessly Loyal. That'll do the job. But Fearlessly Loyal, Dov Barron, any of those keywords will direct you to buying the book. And as for us here, you can check out Penji at penji.co if you need a fast, simple, and affordable graphic design solution for your business. And lastly, head over to our podcast website and drop a comment. Lastly, head over to our podcast website, which is tbeshow.com for more interviews just like this one. And if you enjoyed this, this episode and this show, it would mean the absolute world to us if you were to share this podcast with a friend. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.